Good morning, everybody, and welcome. So glad to have everybody with us this morning. And without further ado, please join me in welcoming our musician for the day, Ranj Singh. Thank you. Sometimes the world turns upside down, leaves us standing here in disbelief. And we search for answers all around and hope someone can put our mind at ease. That's the time you have to look inside, find your strength and keep in mind. This is not the way life's supposed to be Cause we were born to laugh, we were born to shine We were born to love and to be kind Let's show the world all we really need Is peace Won't you stay a while and talk to me might find that I'm a lot like you Because it's ignorance that makes one weak And indifference that leaves one so confused It don't matter if you're black or white The clothes you wear or whose God is right We are all one as humanity Born to laugh, we were born to shine. We were born to love and to be kind. To show the world all we really need is peace. Cause sometimes our world turns upside down, leaves us standing here disbelief. And that's the time we have to stand our ground Work together, work in harmony It don't matter if you're right or wrong What matters is the path you're on The universe provides for you and me And we were born to laugh, we were born to shine we're born to love and to be kind To show the world all we really need Is peace Is peace Is peace We were born to love and to be kind. What a great way to start the morning, Ranch. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's so great to have you back. And as always, we're grateful that you share your beautiful gift of song and songwriting with us. Please, in the chat, let us know where you are in the coming weeks. I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of your fans here today would love, love, love to come out and see you. Well, thank you. 
Welcome everybody. My name is Angela Clark and I'm a board member for CSL White Rock. And again, thank you for being with us today. So please join me in taking a nice deep cleansing breath as we turn within. Turn within and feel and sense our connection to the oneness of life, that there is only one life, the living spirit that is everywhere present. It creates and manifests itself through and as everything that is. The living spirit is the core of each and every one here today. Its nature is love, harmony, balance, peace, joy, abundance, and so much more. This means that these same attributes are what every person, place, and thing are made of. With an open heart, I embrace this experience of community with joy. Love leads the way in our hearts and minds as we listen, learn, grow, and accept all the good that is here right now. The living spirit is operating fully and completely through and as every word is spoken, every prayer said, every music note played. It is a rich and nourishing experience that each of us to take out into the world. I'm deeply grateful for the unlimited love that continues to support and guide this community. I release these words to the law, let them go, and I let it be. And so it is. As we begin our gathering today, I want to acknowledge that as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We do gratefully acknowledge and thank the First Nations, First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and take care of them along with the waters and all that is above and below. CSL is uh, White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of life regularly and consistently. Our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these, amen. And our teaching is based on the four cornerstone beliefs. One, there is one life, one power, one presence that is back behind everything that is. It is the creator of all life and all things. Two, we are spirit having a human experience. Three, nothing outside us needs to change in order to be happy. And four, we are here to walk each other home. Our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving, vibrant world that works for all. So welcome friends, and thank you for being with us today. It is my pleasure to welcome back our guest speaker today, Reverend Savannah Noel. Reverend Savannah has served as staff minister in spiritual communities since 2014. She continues to lead retreats, teach and speak in communities throughout the US and the world. Her passion and work in global ministry has nourished her soul and Reverend Savannah shares her wisdom and knowledge on social media. Savannah resides currently in Seattle, Washington. Please join me in welcoming the vibrant Reverend Savannah Noel. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. I can see, I can't hear your claps, but I can see your faces, some of you. It's good to be in your energy this morning. Thank you for setting up uh, the music so beautifully. And uh, as always, I love to speak with this community to all of you. Um, I'm always grateful for the opportunity, you know, uh, ministry is kind of shifting right now and people are starting to come back into, you know, their sanctuaries in person. And uh, so the opportunity to be online is dwindling in some areas of my life. And so I'm using the opportunity to 
expand, to grow uh, my speaking platform. So I'm always grateful to be able to be with and in community. And I'm sure you might have heard, and if you haven't, I'm going to be speaking with all of you in person next month. I'm going to take the journey up to see you. And I'm also going to be offering a workshop and I'm super excited about it. It's uh, some of my I would say my my greatest um, passion in terms of the the master classes that I'm creating right now, and this one is about boundaries. And boundaries are the foundation of every relationship we have. And so, look forward to more details on that coming out soon. Um, yeah, I would love it to see you. I would love to see you in person. I'd love to be able to give you a hug if that's something that you're open to doing. And uh, it'll be a beautiful experience. So, my topic for today is called chop wood, carry water. And normally I would wait till the very end to give you the punchline, but I'm gonna give it to you at the very beginning. I'm gonna cut right to the chase. And what I want you to get from this amongst all of the other things I'm gonna say this morning is that no matter what is being presented to you in your life right now, the message is to keep going. It's to keep going. This talk title, when I chose it, uh, resonates with me because it's that age-old reminder that even in our lowest state or in a state of enlightenment and uh, great growth, we must still stay the path. We must keep going. We must stay humble. It's that thing we know uh, in religious science, which is treat and move your feet. We chop wood, we carry water until we see a demonstration come forward. We pray without ceasing. So even in our enlightenment, as we're shading, sh uh, shedding rather layers of that onion, we are always asked to be become in touch with our own humility, with our own ego death, and what I have been referring to as our own descent. And so this morning, I want to take you on a journey with me, and I hope that you're courageous. And if you're not feeling courageous this morning, I invite you to activate some of your courage. It's uh, coming on a journey with me of an open heart with new eyes that you might find a pearl of wisdom in my words this morning or inspiration from something that I say. And I want to talk about initiation. This word initiation, I think that what's happening on the planet right now in a spiritual sense is that we are going through a really great initiation right now. It's happening uh, at a very rapid pace. Some call it the hero or the heroine's journey, but it's also been called um, the hero's crossing of the great water. It's climbing the impossible mountain. It's confronting dragons or facing the armies of what some Tibetans call the Mara. It's um, where they personify the forces of evil. And it's about risking the life that we have known to discover something new. Our new thought teaching is so beautiful in that it gives us permission uh, to notice and to see that we are always being made new, that we, we can always start again. We are refining, we are deepening, we are evolving our consciousness, and we can always start again where we are. The thing, though, about the unknown is that this initiation that I'm talking about will open before us only to the extent that we turn courageously towards it. I think the challenge with many of us 
on this spiritual path is that we are faced with discomfort and pain. We are faced with our own fears and struggles. And when that happens, the the tendency is to want to run from it. It's to hide. It's to leave. It's to abandon ship. It's to bury our heads in the sand and we want it to go away. And so we use those coping mechanisms not to have to feel whatever is before us. But when it's an initiation, that is when we face our fears and we courageously walk into new territory. You will see that this happens in your life when you're up-leveling your consciousness, when you have outgrown the life that you once had. It happens in a pandemic. It happens uh, in a job change, when a loved one transitions, when we go through divorce. It happens in retirement or when we have our children. It happens when we are going through a new phase of our lives. And so the goal is to look at whatever change or transition is being presented to us and to trust that that is the site of our awakening. It is the site of our awakening. It is through opening. It is through initiation. And sometimes it is through fire. It is through difficulty. And so importantly, it is through grace that we come to know a new reality. It is this reality that we teach about, which is that there is a divine order to things, that the divine presence is weaving this tapestry of our lives of joy and ecstasy, of grief and of great change. Oftentimes people will say, or great masters will say, the only way is through. And I really believe that whatever you're going through, it is this initiation. It is how we give birth to ourselves. I know personally for me in my life, I've had the most uh, growth, interestingly, through the descent, through my falls, through the struggle. And we can see, as I was saying before, the macrocosm of our organization, even the very structure of the organizational model for Centers for Spiritual Living is changing. Communities are shifting and changing. The ways we have come to commune with each other is changing. Our consciousness around scarcity and lack and limitation is shifting. There are churches, I'm sure you've heard, that are closing because of financial challenges. And so I think what it means is that we have to get more creative. We have to become more available to our good. We have to continue to use the law to attract new resources and ways of providing the spiritual food that we all come here every Sunday to receive. And so the question I bring to you right now is, what if this way is not the only way? What if there's a new story or a new possibility that's wanting to emerge in your life? Within new thought, I find that sometimes we say people need to move beyond the conditions. And sometimes it's hard to move beyond the conditions. <laughs> Moving from lack and scarcity to knowing that all of our needs will be met and more, that's a practice. It's envisioning the kind of life in the future that we want without the heaviness of the world that is always pressing in on us. And so I've been trying to describe for some time, and you will notice this as this theme in all of my talks this past year, I've been trying to find the words to describe what it is, what is this grief and this change that we've all been experiencing? What is that? And I think I'm starting to understand it. I've been speaking and talking a lot about what psychologists call ambiguous loss. I'm not sure if you've heard this term, ambiguous loss. 
for me, this past year, it has shown up as this emotional ache that never goes away. It's this emotional ache that never goes away from an estranged sibling in my life, an ex-lover who went missing over a cliff last year, his body was never found. For me, it has shown up as a senseless, violent murder of a friend of mine, uh, people leaving my life with no explanation or closure. It was a tuberculosis diagnosis. It was a bad bout of COVID on top of it. It was a cousin of mine who died of COVID, leaving three children and a wife behind in a moment. It was my own job loss in January. I went completely broke. And nine months now, I have been rebuilding my life that I thought and I was seeing was starting to soar. It was just climbing. And so the question I've been asking myself is how do I mourn the living things properly? How do we mourn the living things properly? How do we mourn ambiguity? How do we believe in ourselves and in life again? You see the fall, that descent, and its subsequent humility, which is what happened to me, can be seen as another form of blessing. And it can be seen as a blessing if we but acknowledge it and ask it what it is there to teach us. Of course, when you're right in the middle of it, it's hard to ask the question, what is this here to teach me because of the pain of it? But as we are giving birth to our new selves, the expansion and the contraction, as humans, we expand and we contract, we rise and we fall throughout life. We inevitably are always asked to let go. Suzuki Roshi once summed up the Buddhist teaching in three simple words, not always so. Conditions always change. We come down from the summit. You know, once we've ex experienced ecstasy in our life, guess what presents itself? Laundry. <laughs> yes, laundry. Meaning we can have really high highs and feel like we've made it to some awakened place and we are still being asked to do laundry. Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. You do not have to get to some destination to prove that you are worthy of a beautiful life. When you don't know what to do, or you're unsure which path to take, chop wood, carry water. You might even write it on a sticky note at home. When I lost my job uh, this past January, everything around me felt really urgent. I felt like I was in quicksand. You know, that, that whole uh, reptilian brain of ours, you know, when we go into survival, our spiritual practices sometimes can, can feel like they're so far out of reach. You know, I went completely broke in a very short period of time and I was angry. I was mad at my spiritual community. I was unsure how I was gonna get to the other side of it. This was the kind of uh, breakdown that I had never experienced in my life. I was questioning my faith. I was questioning this teaching. And so what did I do? I chopped wood and I carried water. And I went and got a hostess job at a cocktail bar. I was the oldest person in the restaurant, believe it or not. I was the oldest one on the staff with no experience in this field. I felt embarrassed and shameful. And I also felt angry that I had come so far and for what? For me to just fall? But you know what's so beautiful about this in retrospect is that the gifts from that experience of what it was supposed to teach me are still coming. You do what you must do and you trust 
that God is in the midst of all of it. And honestly, trusting God seemed really far away at that time. But what did I do? I kept putting one foot in front of the other. You might try not to hold on so tightly, but to let yourself really let go. Our New Thought teaching is so much more than principle. You know, it's so much more than esoteric ideas. It is this continual practice. And what I'm noticing more and more over time is that this teaching is really just the groundwork. It is the foundation. It is the basis from everything sacred, everything mundane, everything spiritual, everything holy. It is also the basis for transmuting our pain and our darkness. It is refinement. It is like that polished stone that you keep refining. In some of our greatest vulnerability, we come closer to this selfless mystery of life. We all need periods of what is known to be fallow time, periods of fertility and growth. It draws us closer to being with the earth. It's as though something needed to slow us down, right? It slows us down. It calls us back. It calls us back to ourselves. And out of that time, a deepened knowledge and this beauty can start to emerge. This, I think, is what the pandemic did for us. I know it did it for me, for sure. Jack Kornfield wrote a book that I absolutely love, and it's actually called After the Ecstasy, the Laundry. <laughs> a beautiful metaphor. And in it, he talks about the story of Orpheus. I don't know if you've heard the myth of Orpheus. So Orpheus basically can create the most beautiful music on earth. And shortly after his wedding, his beloved wife, uh, Eurydice, she died. And grieving her death, um, he decided he was going to follow her spirit all the way down to the underworld. So with his flute confronting the Lord of Death, he sings undying love. His song was so moving that Hades, the Lord of Death, allowed uh, Eurydice to return to the land of light, but on one condition. Orpheus has to promise that he will not turn back and look behind him to see her on the long journey back home. He cannot turn back to look at her. Led by Hermes, the god who mediates between the two worlds, she silently follows behind Orpheus on this slow trek back to the world of light. But of course, it's human nature to turn around. So guess what Orpheus does? He turns around and he loses her forever. The story is really pertinent and beautiful because it, it reminds us that we cannot only live in the world of light. The heart knows to open. So it must touch all of the truth. It must touch all of who we are, even when that risks the loss of what we love. So to know light, we have to know the dark. It has been said that if we do not honor our unfinished tasks, our karma will remind us, our unresolved conflicts will rise. We will be forced to face what we have not faced in ourselves. Life always insists that we work these things out. And all of this is just to say, our falling needs to be honored along with our rising. And what comes from these moments and this ambiguity that I'm speaking about is compassion. It is a deeper walk with God. It is a deeper walk with our mortality. It is an appreciation for all that the suffering has taught us. 
it's also so uh, important that we recognize and witness that abundance is all around us. Nature, the great metaphor, shows us again and again that destruction is part of life and that even in the destruction, grace is always present. There are no isolated patterns in the universe. These patterns in the universe, some people call them fractals, they repeat. If you were to look at your fingers, you would see the patterns, the swirls on your fingers, a fern in nature, a head of broccoli even. The universe spirals, it has patterns, and it's at all different scales. You could look at your entire body as this whole water system because it's it creates formations and moving water and we are connected to all of it. What's so beautiful about this is it's so it so aligns with our teaching of oneness, of wholeness, of interconnectedness. It also provides a contrast to the worldview of hierarchy because we are all interconnected. And at the same time, we work with contradiction all the time. We are interconnected and so deeply rooted, yet we are changing all the time. And so I ask the question again, what if this way is not the only way? What if there's a new story or a new possibility that wants to emerge in your life? What if you've outgrown where you are? So the setback or the problem is actually your greatest blessing. What is that theme and the story that you keep telling about your life to everyone that you meet? It is a really good practice to look at that. What is the theme that I continue to tell others in my life when I meet them? We don't always know or get to know uh, why people choose to physically leave the planet, why they decide to go, why a relationship ends or a friendship ends, why a partnership uh, decides to go in a different direction. We don't always get to control estrangement, the kind of loss you know, I'm talking about with no closure, but how we choose to honor and love ourselves in those moments is the determining factor that keeps hope and this inner power alive. And so I want to leave you with this poem that I wrote this week. And I wrote it the other day, and it was one of those things where it just, just rushed and flooded right out of me. This poem is about space. It is about leaving. It is about loss. It is about ambiguity and endings and newness. And here, here it is. You might close your eyes if that feels comfortable to you. I don't need you to stay. I want you to stay, but if staying is a prison for you, then it is a prison for me too. Love liberates. It says, I love you when you go. I love you if you fall. I love you if you fail. I love you when you don't know. I love you when you're scared. I love you when you're not ready. And I love you when you're dying to be present. And even if you do have to go, go. I will love you even then. And if your going liberates you, it will ultimately liberate me. I may be kicking and screaming. I may hurt deeply, but I will be okay. Why? Because I belong to myself. So my friends, a great initiation is happening, I think, all over the planet. And it really is an invitation to know ourselves deeper. That's really all it ever is, I think. So what is this initiation time? asking of you? Is it to, to give yourself more grace and to be more kind to yourself? Is it to serve and to show up to your spiritual community more holy? 
Is it to step out of your comfort zone to commit to something bigger? Is it to make a financial investment into what your spirituality is and how it serves you? Is it to connect more with your own self, with your own spiritual practice? How are you personally doing with your chopping wood, carrying water? The message here is to keep going. That is really the only requirement. Let us go into a prayer now. Taking that holy breath. <laughs> Giving gratitude for the joy, the joy of just being, for the beauty of these words, for the awareness to be able to speak them, to embody them, to hold them. I give so much gratitude for the power and the presence of life, for I know that it is holding all of this together. Every single person watching this, all of us, one interconnected spiral. And so I give great gratitude and thanks for all that it is that we are to know and to become and to transform within this message. Whatever it is that came to us today, I absolutely know that it was perfect, that we are blessed by one another, that we are blessed by this community that continually shows up from our hearts to give, to receive, to be more of our authentic self. And so I just bless this day. I bless this, this time. And I am so grateful for this opportunity to be present with all of us here. And so we release this. We know all is truly well. And I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Um, the law of circulation is in constant movement, giving and receiving. And we received so much this morning. The more good that is given, the more good is received as proof. And this is how the law works. The abundant prosperity of life naturally expands. Life is better. And for this, I am deeply grateful. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath. Be grateful. When I think from gratitude, I recognize all the good that is available to me. And with an open and loving heart, I give thanks for all the gifts that life continuously provides. And so it is. Please join me in showing your gratitude by making a donation to CSL White Rock. Should you choose to give regularly, you can join our committed giving program. And all of this information is found in the chat. There are three ways to give through our website. You can pay by mail, or you can pay by e-transfer. And of course, the email address is admin at csl-whiterock.com.